Welcome back to the show. Plenty going on in the world game. The A-League, two coaches have lost their job already, running three rounds into the season. Champions League this morning in that drama at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yesterday morning between Spurs and Chelsea. So it's a good time to check in with Stan Sports commentator. Remember to watch every UEFA Champions League match, exclusive and ad-free, live and demand on Stan Sport. Mark Bosnich is the man. Hello, Bozza. Hey, Jules. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Particularly the first half of that Tottenham-Chelsea game yesterday. Can you remember a game like it? (laughs) Uh, Yes and no. It was unbelievable entertainment. There's no doubt about that. But, um, look, I'm mad a little bit, obviously, because I want, you know, even though it's my club Chelsea, I want Ange to do as well as possible. But I actually thought that they were absolutely cruising uh, until Sergio Romero had a... Uh, I don't know, brain snap, and and I I thought it was completely wrong what he did, um, going straight through and coming on the top of of the Chelsea player. I don't know if it was Kovacic or no, somebody will correct me about that. And then from uh, that Fernandez, moment, yeah, about, yes, right, yeah, Fernandez. And then from that moment, for me, it was only one team that was going to win, and then to and Doggy to do that as well after he was very fortunate to stay on the pitch uh, was another brain snap uh, to get sent off and. Really, in the end, it could have been an absolute mountain of goals. You have to give credit to, to Tottenham in, in, in one way uh, because they kept trying to, to get an equaliser when it was 2-1 and Son had that wonderful chance before Chelsea got the third goal. But really, if Chelsea had their shooting boots on, the game would have been really, truly over you know, half an hour earlier. So, you know, Ange really well and you, you're spot on. I mean, Doggy was very lucky not to be dismissed for that studs-up challenge. Yeah. Five minutes before being sent off, Romero kicked out needlessly. What would he yeah. say to those two players behind closed doors? Well, as well as you know somebody, you don't know unless you're there. Um, I would have hoped, uh, I, I'm sure that Romero would have got a private word, that, that, no doubt about that, but that perhaps couldn't wait for after the game. But uh, I'm quite certain, uh, and I, I, uh, you know, if anyone can correct me if, he, if I'm wrong because I wasn't there, but I'm quite certain surely he would have said something to Ndoggi at half time to say, mm. listen, mate, you're lucky to be on. Just be, you know, just be careful. And if he did say that and the player didn't listen to him, that's not really a good thing either. And I don't know why they wouldn't because things have gone so well for them before yesterday, you have to say. Yes, they've rode their luck in many games. They've had decisions go for them. Um, the Liverpool one comes to mind. Um, but, and you know, your luck does run out. There is times when decisions then sort of go the other way as well. But, you know, like I said, in terms of, you know, his instructions and the way they've played and everything has gone to plan. So why he would do that, um, the only thing I could think of, like I said, he's had a, he had a momentary brain snap. There was a big game. It's a London derby. Chelsea versus Spurs is always a huge game. And, and to be fair, Spurs haven't had a great record against Chelsea for a long, long time. But um, they're, they're going to be up against it now because Ndoggi and Romero is obviously out. Uh, Van der Ven, uh, the, the centre-back, pulled a hamstring. Madison could be out. Um, it's it's it was always going to come the test with suspensions and, and injuries which which have had uh, we haven't really seen like I said a major loss of form yet but they got Wolves away this weekend uh, so that's going to be a massive test of all their resilience and you do get that in a 38 game season when you go through times where you've just got to do the very best you can to scrape as many points as you can because and hopefully turn things around as soon as possible. So Spurs got cheered off despite losing 4-1, which you'll never see when you lose to an arch enemy like Chelsea. (laughs) Most of the pundits over there have been full of praise with the fact that Ange kept playing the same way, kept playing with the high line. And look, at at 2-1 down with nine men, they had three chances to equalise. But 
Does he have to be a bit more conservative in the short term? I mean, he's going to have three of his starting four defenders out for the game against yeah. Wolves, as you mentioned. Van der Ven is lightning quick. Eric Dyer comes in. He's not quick. So does he have to be a bit more conservative with how he defends just in the short term while he's got these players out? Uh, well, look, the high line I thought was too high, whether or not mm. they had nine players or 11 players. I, I don't think that was more what Andrew was referring to and more where the cheers come. I think the cheers and what Andrew's referring to is, and, and, you know, for all his strengths, adaptability is not one forte that Ange really takes on board. I always remember asking him uh, once, you know, about the local game, you know, what's your plan B if plan A doesn't work? And he said basically to do plan A better. The cheers and, and I think the praise uh, that they got from Ange is the fact that they kept attacking. The high line was too high. It was ridiculous. Now, uh, it, look, you don't. Ha- you know, people always think the automatic thing is if you haven't got pressure on the ball, you can't play a high line. You can if you've got very quick uh, centre backs uh, that can that can basically cover back if the ball goes over the top, and you have people running with the opposition midfield players who come from deep. But on the halfway line, like they were doing in the second half, regardless if it's ten or eleven men, you are playing Russian roulette. There's no doubt about that. But the, the, the praise that I would praise Ange for and, and what people, I think, were, were getting to, it, it sort of got muffled a little bit, sort of muddied, it was the fact that they kept on going to have a go at them. Mm. And Son really, you know, nearly really went and scored. Majority of teams will just sort of sit back and defend and not go the other way, whereas Tottenham did. And like it's on another day, I mean, the game should have been over. There's no doubt about that. It should have been over well long before it was. Chelsea haven't been having a great time this season either. But the fact that they kept on going to score, to go for the equaliser, that's where the praise come in. The criticism of the high line is justified because, like I said, that was just Russian roulette playing it on the halfway line, regardless if it's nine or ten men and regardless of who the team is, yeah? Exactly. Now, another big weekend for referees and VAR. Uh, Arsenal, yeah. I don't know what you think, but I think Arsenal were absolutely robbed against Newcastle and their manager, Mikel Arteta, made that clear. Now, Ange has been praised for his response yesterday to referees and VAR, but where do you sit with VAR? Because, okay, the game stopped a lot yesterday, but every decision that went to VAR, whether it was the penalties, whether it was the red cards, were right. So where do you sit on it? Well, I've always been a fan, and I understand the issues uh, that, that have come about. But I think if you have a look at it, it's pretty much like anything. It's hard to get... I, mean, I think everyone was expecting pretty much perfection. Whether it be the longevity of how, uh, you know, of how long the decision takes, whether it be that some will be getting wrong. I mentioned that Liverpool game against Spurs where they just got it wrong. It, it, you know, Luis Diaz was onside, and then they, they went with the offside decision, just making a mistake. But... In my opinion, it's still better for the game. And regardless of what I think or what anyone else thinks, it is here to stay. Yeah. Yes, you want to get it you know, sort of whittled down so it doesn't take as long. But more important is to get it accurate. Now, in terms of the Arsenal thing, it was a foul in my opinion. Whether the ball was out or not, it was hard to discern. Okay, uh, Whether it was offside or not after Joel Linton sort of jumped in it. But he pushed, mm. completely pushed uh, Gabriel in the back. Arteta's reaction was completely understandable, except when he went a little bit far when he started saying it's like, you know, about the league and sort of associating with the league being embarrassed. The league is, is arguably the top sporting league, let alone football league, in the world. Okay, and it's a wonderful product. So when you go a bit that far, that is too far. And I think when Arsenal backed him up in their statement, their second paragraph sort of took care of that by saying we are playing in the best league with the best fans, the best coaches, the best players. 
So I think he went a little bit too far. But I understand the rest of his reaction because, you know, it's you. It's, it's his reputation on the line. You just come out of a match. You, you're going to have that reputation. I also thought what Anne said was very good and what he said. But let's not forget, Anne did not have the same situation that Mikel Arteta mm. had. There was no question that Udogi should have been sent off. He was lucky not to be sent off earlier or Romero should have been sent off. So there was no sort of question. So understandable where he's coming from. Um, but uh, Arteta's reaction as well, like I said, with the exception of him taking a little step further, um, you know, when he turned around and tried to associate with the whole league, I thought that was just a little bit too far. But the, what he said earlier for me was spot on in terms of, you know, it, it was a poor decision and one that I, you know, I look at it and I've even looked at it even now. I still can't understand why the people who watch that, I can understand a referee on the pitch not seeing yeah. it. But not not the people who watch the replay seeing the, the guy basically shove Gabriel in the back. You know, Gabriel's a big boy. Why would why would he fall over like that? He didn't try to get a foul and all that. There was two hands, not to just two hands to hold him, not heading him, but he was shoved completely in the back without expecting it, which should have been called a foul. Yeah, staggering how they can look at that for six minutes and not see that was a foul. We're speaking to Stan Sports commentator Mark Bosich. We're used to bit of uh, manager carnage in the EPL, but already in the A-League this year, Rado Vitasic gone from Melbourne City last week. Steve Corica, who's almost Mr. Sydney FC, gone as well. Were you surprised with both of those decisions? More surprised about one or not surprised at all? Uh, no, 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 not really. Um, look, Rado, I feel sorry for because, it, it, you, know, he, um, you know, he did really well. He won the league last season, did win the grand final. But, but a club like Melbourne City losing... The grand final six. I was surprised he didn't cop it after that, and then to lose a six, then sort of like two or three games into the season. There's no other choice that they're going to make at a big club like that, other than you're you're going to go. Stephen Corrick has done a wonderful job, for, but for a very long time, and not only a long time as a manager, but even being at the club, I think 19 years or something. So, um, you know, I think if things have been different in terms of you know the way that, where the league's at, I think he would have gone last season. I think he was on the verge of last season. But with all the uncertainty of what's going on, uh, I think they held out to see, uh, uh, you know, to show loyalty, which is understandably uh, completely. But I think after last week's uh, performance, um, I think it was against Brisbane, I think they left them with no other choice. Champions League this morning, Celtic once again, yeah. cannon fodder in the Champions League, 6-0 <laughs> loss to Atletico Madrid. I hope Ange wasn't watching that one. But it's a cracking group, AC Milan, PSG, Dortmund and Newcastle. And all of a sudden, Newcastle are bottom of that group. Yeah, they are. I mean, well, it, you know, when the draw came out, we always thought this group, everyone called the group of death, and sometimes the group of death, you know, this one, group F, sometimes they don't quite live up to expectations, but this one is. Um, like you said, we just talked about Newcastle, um, you know, who, who I thought deserved, if there was any team that deserved to win against Arsenal on the weekend, it was them. Um, but so it just shows, you know, the, the you know, it's so hard to back up, you know, for another big game three days later um, in this Champions League. And they went down to 2-0 to Dortmund, who Dortmund, who went down on the weekend, 4-0 at home to Bayern Munich. That was an amazing comeback from them. You mentioned Celtic. Uh, they're, just, you know, they're, they're really struggling to get the grips with this Champions League football. They haven't won a game in the Champions League since 2017. And the send-off for Maeda didn't help. Uh, but Atletico Madrid were, were absolutely... And Shakhtar Donetsk, the yeah. special word, is haven't played at home for over two years. They beat Barcelona to keep their hopes alive. And the other game in Group F, like we said, the game that we took care of, uh, AC Milan against PSG, AC Milan edging it uh, in what was a fantastic game. It was probably one of the best games that we've uh, we've had the pleasure to telecast on uh, Stan Sports this morning. Um, really end-to-end stuff, especially in the first half. PSG went ahead, then Liao 
uh, equalised uh, for Milan. Um, and like I said, and then Giroud uh, got the got the winner on the 50th minute, and then they pretty much, you know, really defended well. But if you have a look, who was the busy, busier goalkeeper? It was Donnarumma, who was in Paris Saint Germain's goal. He was the busier goalkeeper, made some fantastic saves. But like you said, it's really left that group open. So Dortmund are now on seven, PSG six, Milan five, Newcastle four. So the next round of games, uh, Newcastle will play against PSG and Dortmund will play Milan. And then the last games will be uh, Newcastle versus Milan at home, which is huge, and PSG versus Dortmund. So everything to play for in this group. There's a few groups that that are like that, but there's others that are completely done. Manchester City with their win. Uh, have made sure that them and Leipzig winning against uh, Red Star Belgrade, they both have qualified. The only the only thing to decide now is who's going to be first, which Man City playing Leipzig at home, it should be absolutely fine. And uh, at Porto, um, with their win and Shakhtar's win, like I said, they're right in the mix as well. They're, they beat Antwerp 2-0. So, and tomorrow morning, uh, our game will be FC Copenhagen against Manchester United. Huge game for Manchester United. Uh, Copenhagen are very, very strong mm-hmm. at home. And that group is very, very close with the exception of Bayern Munich. And the other big game that stands out is Arsenal versus Sevilla as well uh, in another group that's very close. So this is the last season, Julian, that um, we're going to have eight groups of four. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's really is so far anyway going out of the bank, put it that way. Yeah, it's been brilliant in uh, United. We're a bit lucky to get over Copenhagen in the last match day. So it's a big game yeah. uh, for Manchester yeah. United. Bozza, as always, uh, thanks for your time. And uh, we look forward to the Champions League tomorrow morning on Stan Sport. He's all bright and early. Thanks, Jules. Magnificent. Mark Bosnich, just a reminder, watch every UEFA Champions League match exclusive and ad-free, live and demand 